Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. I'll tell you what I'm going to preach here today. I'm going to preach that if you don't get to Jesus, it's not anybody else's fault. It's not my title, but that's what I'm preaching. I'm going to summarize it right now. Mark chapter 5, verse 27. When she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind him and touched his garment. Everyone say his garment. For she said, if I may touch but the hem of his clothes or touch but his clothes, I'll be made whole. How many know there's a difference between healed and whole? Uh Uh-huh. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt it in her body that she was healed of that plague. She knew. Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press, and he said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples were a little bit irritated. Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and thou sayest, Who touched me? He looked around to see her. Everybody say her. He was looking for her, her, her. They didn't get it, but he got it out to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came, fell down before him, told him all the truth, and he said unto her, Daughter, everyone say, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Woo. And he gave her an answer that I want everybody to hear because it is my title. Go in peace. And be whole of thy plague. Go in peace. And be whole. Go in peace. Be made whole. Lord we love you. We thank you for what we feel in this house. I pray you'd help me to preach with wisdom. With clarity. But with anointing. I pray you give me the strength that's necessary. Let us not only be hearers. But let us be responders to the word. I pray you'd help us to give the enemy a bad day over the next little while. I pray we'd take our thoughts back, take our heart back. I pray that you would be magnified and that your people would be strengthened. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ and let everybody say amen. God bless you and you may be seated. tell you here today she did not want this dilemma part of my life and part of my calling to the ministry has been on a weekly basis dealing with and praying with and counseling with individuals that are in circumstances that they did not ask for situations that they did not want sicknesses that they did not request, dilemmas that they did not desire. 
And yet I start from the beginning of this message today for you to hear me and hear me very clearly. There is still no sickness that he is not greater than. There is still no depression that he cannot take care of. There is still no broken heart that he cannot mend, no mind so battered and beaten that he cannot restore. He always has been, he still is, and he always will be able to touch and to minister. I need those that are believers to shout amen. Amen. He's able. He's able. Ooh, I feel like saying it. He's able. For some of you, I'm preaching right into your circumstance and telling the enemy of your mind, the enemy of your body, and the enemy of your soul, God is able. Yes, he is. But so that we are very clear, I want to draw parallels throughout this message here today. I want to speak about the healing that is needed in her body. I want to point to the healing that is obviously needed in her mind. But I want to talk also today, not only is he a healer of the body, and not only is he a healer of the mind, but he is a healer and a deliverer of the soul. And there are people that because of natural need in their body at times will need a blood transfusion. And I believe that God is able to physically heal those bodies. But every person here, whether you've been in church for 50 minutes or whether you've been in church for 50 plus years, every person in here has to know when it comes to the application of the blood, there's only one man that's ever lived that can give that answer. There is only one individual, fully God and fully man, God manifest in the flesh. And his answer for this woman might have been healing, but it wasn't just going to be for her body. It wasn't just going to be for the plague of which she had, but it was also going to be for the peace of her mind based on her interaction with the Lord Jesus. And I've come to tell everybody here today, he's the only one that can touch your body in a certain way, but he's definitely the only one also that can save your soul if you've been saved by love divine I want you to shout amen Amen. and so as we look at her story I want us to be very understanding and we should feel some level of empathy because according to the book of Leviticus her sickness this issue of blood that she had this sickness that she did not ask for she had been fervently seeking for answers for the Bible tells us in the book of Matthew Mark and Luke that for the last 12 years she had been searching for an answer she was a go-getter she was after an answer she had spent all the money she had. She had spent all the energy that she had. She had given all of the resources and yet the Bible tells us and paints a very bleak picture even though there had been 12 years of time. Even though there had been 12 years of mental anguish. Even though there had been 12 years of doctors. Even though there had been 12 years of finances. She's not better. She's worse. And I will tell you that we are living in a world surrounded by a world that is giving all they have and all they know trying to get healing to a condition called sin that nobody else but Jesus is going to be able to take care of. I rise to the occasion to tell the saved and the unsaved. 
Those that are in the building and those that are watching online. There are some things you'll never find in a pill. There are some things you'll never find in a bottle. There are some things you'll never find in a therapy session. There are some things you'll never find in a physician's office. There are some things that you'll never find anywhere else but at the feet of Jesus. And I know what day it is, but I know what day it is. This is the day the Lord hath made. And we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. I need somebody that could testify. I found out for myself when the doctor couldn't do it, he did it. When the pills couldn't do it, he did it. When the bottle didn't do it, he did it. When, come on, when the counselor couldn't do it, the wonderful counselor could. When my emotions said to give up, his spirit told me to give in. When I felt like walking away, I came on back to the house of God anyhow. When the press told me to stay away, I pressed on through to touch Jesus. I've got to touch Jesus because if I touch Jesus, there's no sickness too great. There's no problem too big. There's no dilemma too overwhelming. If I get to Jesus, elbow your neighbor and tell him, get to Jesus. And Leviticus had her isolated, had her alone. She lost her family. Read the law. She lost her family. She lost her friends. She lost her identity. She wasn't known by her name. She was known as unclean. She wasn't known. Just like there's people in our streets. We don't know their name, but you know their addiction. At some point, you got to go from being labeled by what is holding you back and get relabeled by the one that can set you free. Oh, I feel like preaching today to somebody. Don't call me addicted, call me saved. Don't call me bound, call me free. Don't call me an alcoholic. I'm still drinking, but it's a new wine, and I've never been the same. She's isolated, she's alone. They've taken her family, her friends, her identity, but you hear me, they've also taken her worship. You don't have the right to get to the temple. And if we're not careful, legalism will put people in a place and a day and an age, even right here and right now in 2023. Legalism will keep some people from feeling and even being told you don't belong. You can't go to the church. I can't tell you how many times in a Bible study I've had somebody tell me, I'm afraid if I went that the building would cave in. First of all, that's just an excuse not to go. But secondly, part of that is because somebody in your life has made you believe that you're less than who you are. How many know that Jesus has the ability to see what he designed you to be in the first place? Not what sin has you as in this moment. She was isolated from her worship. She was isolated from the ability. Nobody would have let her come to the crowd that day. If anybody would have known who she was, they wouldn't have let her in the crowd. She was the lady they would have pulled their babies away from. She was the lady they would have kept their, their marriage, their, their husband or their, their wife away from. She was the one that didn't belong in public. She has a separate place to stay unclean and be unclean and live isolated. But here she is slipping through the crowd. She was nobody so long that she wasn't even recognizable when she slipped in. I'm ready for God to bring back people so long 
so long gone that people thought they did they forgot who they were and had begun to label them a nobody and thought they were nobody to the church and nobody to their family and nobody to the world I'm telling you when nobody makes up their mind I'm not talking about nobody in the nobody sense I'm talking about the person that's been labeled a nobody because when nobody made up her mind to get to Jesus she was soon to turn into a somebody and any time that nobody wants to become a somebody all they got to do is say I'm I'm going to get to Jesus. 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 If I could but touch his clothes, I know that I would be made whole. If I could but touch his clothes. And if they would have known, they'd have started yelling. They'd have started screaming. They'd have started saying unclean. If they would have known. But at some point, you got to be concerned more with your need than their if. What if they judge me? What if you touch Jesus? What if they make fun of me? What if you get through? What if I don't make it to him? What if you do? What if they tell lies on me? What if they watch you get crowned with glory in front of me? What if he doesn't heal me? What if he does? She came to herself. If I can touch the. If I can just touch the. If I can just get in his presence. Some commentators. Some commentaries have talked and tried to tie assimilation to Malachi where it talks about healing in his wings. I've even heard it taught on before and I've read through and I don't want to add to scripture. But I want to tell you this. He knew what she was feeling. And he had everything she needed. How many remember he looked at those disciples and said, oh power. Not just in heaven. In heaven and in earth. He had it all. He had it all. He had it all. And she had made up her mind. If I can get to him, then I could be made whole. If I could get to him. It was not because the crowd was thin. The crowd was too compact. Read it and study it out. The disciples are going to look at him and say the crowd is thronging you and pressing you. It's literally translated. They were on him so much it was close to a suffocating situation. Brother Watkins, they were pushing in on him so much. They were pressing, trying to get so close to him. They were enjoying this moment so much. They just wanted to get close to Jesus. But there was one little lady that had been sick for the last dozen years. The odds were against her. But he was close enough that if she just press her way through. How many know sometimes you got to press through the press? Sometimes you got to press through the press to get to Jesus. I'm going to remind us here today what this woman had that everybody in this building needs. She had a desperate mind to touch Jesus. She had a desperation to touch Jesus. And she became one of these if people. If I get to Jesus, everything is going to be all right. I would even ask a question. Where are my iffy people? I know in our society, that's a bad thing to say. They're a little iffy. I'm not talking about that kind of iffy. I'm talking about the James kind of faith iffy. 
that faith without works is dead. But the person that says, I know the doctor's report was bad, but if I can get to Jesus, I know we've had some changes, but if I can get to Jesus, I know the finances seem to be dried up, but if I could get to Jesus, I know my mind has been overwhelmed, but if I could get to Jesus, my heart has been downtrodden, but if I can get to Jesus, where are my if people today that said, if nobody worshiped him, I'm going to worship him. If nobody wanted to touch him, I'm still going to want to touch him. If the crowd wouldn't want me around, I'm still going to get to it. If I can get to And how many believe that if we could get our city connected to him? I'm one of those if people. Label me wild, label me crazy, but I think the gospel works. If I could get them to know that repentance still works. That when you repent of your sins and you really ask him to take them away, that he's faithful and he's just to forgive them. I know you might not have an issue of blood physically, but every one of us got an issue spiritually. But if we can get them to Jesus. I wonder if anybody remembers the day you spoke in tongues the first time. If I could get them to the waters of baptism. If I could get them to start praying and lift up their hands and let God fill them with the Spirit. How many know they'd never be the same, never be the same, never? He's a little iffy. I feel a little iffy. I feel a little iffy even right now. I feel a little iffy in this service. I really feel like if you'd go ahead... He just might do it. If you reach out to that family member one time, they might. I caught him a hundred times. She'd been reaching to physicians for 12 years. But if and when she touched. I've tried to picture this. Brother John, I've tried to visualize it. I've tried to see it. I've tried to see the last joker between her and him. Get out of the way. The last guy thronging, pressing, pushing in on him, not noticing her because she's still a nobody. Isn't it amazing that nobodies can touch you? Your title doesn't qualify you to touch Jesus. Any more than your sickness can keep you. Your family tree doesn't qualify you. Any more than your state of mind can disqualify you. But everyone's got to make up for themselves. And I see you're getting there. Here's what she's going to do. She's going to touch his clothes. And she's going to go. When she touches. The Bible says she felt. Anybody in this room can witness you remember a day God healed you. You felt healing touch your body. I'll be the first. I can remember a day that. Look at all the hands in this room. You know what? She felt it. 
And I speak a word of faith right now to somebody. It's time for you to feel. We got people watching online and we got people in the building that have been carrying some sicknesses for a long time. But I'm on a mission for the kingdom right now. And I'm claiming it's time. I want everybody as loud as you can. I want you to say, she knew. She knew she she was healed, ladies and gentlemen. She felt that. She was going to slip until Jesus said, who touched my clothes? Who touched my clothes? The disciples said, everybody. Everybody. Jesus, are you having an off day? Your blood sugar low? Did you not rescue? Who touched me? I submit to you today that Jesus was not confused about who she was. Brother Lash, I believe with everything. Jesus knew exactly who she was. But she was still a nobody to them. Even the disciples, she was still a nobody. But Jesus recognized it's time to introduce this nobody. He said, somebody She's not a nobody. She's not just another nameless face in the multitude. Somebody touched me. I hope that when we leave here today, the Lord is able to say, somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. And he turns. She was overwhelmed. She falls at his feet. It was, it was me. I wonder who started to recognize it. News flash. You can't contaminate Jesus. He's never met anybody so bad that they can make him bad. Somebody is so sick that they can make him sick. Jesus has never come down with sniffles. Jesus is not worried about her issues. He came to take care of her issues. Now, you might not have her issue, but everybody in the building know what it is to have an issue. I don't have any issues. That's your issue. That's your issue. I don't need to worship. That's your issue. I don't care what they say. I don't like it. That's your issue. Everybody's got issues. Not me. Who touched me? Somebody touched me. And he turned. Ladies and gentlemen. When he turned to her, we watched one of the most beautiful interactions, in my opinion, of the entire text. Because a nobody turned into a somebody. And then the same woman who they wanted to live isolated and alone. The same woman who had to leave her family. The same woman who would have had to walk away from her children. The same woman that would have had to walk away from her husband. The same woman that couldn't gather in the temple for worship. The same woman who 
was a nobody went to a somebody and then became daughter. I submit to you. You're not a nobody, and you're not just a somebody. You're his son. You're his daughter. And it doesn't matter what your boss says about you. It doesn't even matter what your biological parent told you. It doesn't matter what the abuser said about you. It doesn't matter what the neglect said about you. Here's what matters. The Lord said you are his son. The Lord said you are his daughter. And I speak to you here today that you are meant to have peace. And behold, daughter, I want somebody to lift your hands in this room right now. I feel the need to tell you, you need to lift your hands and accept that you are his son, that you are his daughter. Come on, somebody's prayer needs to relinquish that. The enemy of your soul needs to hear you say it out loud. I'm his son. Or I'm his daughter. Woo. Woo, I feel it. I feel it. Come on, I need some iffy people to accept it right now. If God believes it about me, I've got to accept it. In front of everybody. He said, thy faith. Go with me. Go with me to verse 34. We're just going to let the Bible preach itself together. Everybody. Verse 34. And he said unto her, daughter, thy faith there's got to come a point your parents faith can't do it your spouse's faith can't do it your children's faith can't do it thy faith imagine he had to look at her knowing even my disciples didn't know who you were you should have given up on faith alone time ago How do you even still have faith 12 years into this? I preached to somebody in this room. How do you have faith all these years later? But I give you what the result is. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. We think it's just about her body being healed. But the Lord knows there's more to it than that. There's people in this room under the sound of my voice that he touched your body a while ago, but you still wake up every morning wondering if the other shoe's going to drop. You got through that sickness five years ago, but still it seems like every month out of nowhere it hits you like, what if I battle it again? What if I go through it again? And Jesus was about to give her a lesson in front of the crowd for all of us. I don't need you just to be touched in your body. I need you to have touch in. I 
a touch in your mind. I need you to have. I know that the issue is the flow. I understand that the issue is the sickness in your body for the last 12 years. But your sickness has tried to make you identify as something less than I mean for you to be from this day forward. And so before he tells her she's whole in her body, he tells her to take peace in her mind. Ladies and gentlemen, the nobody that turned into a somebody and then got called a daughter had an interaction with the Prince of Peace. And how many know that when you interact with the Prince of Peace... It doesn't matter who's lied about you, who's talked about you, who's isolated you, who's given up on you, who's told you you don't belong, who's marked you as unclean, who's labeled you as distraught. When he calls you daughter, when he calls you son, and when he gives you peace, he who the son has set free. He who the son has set free. And as I close, I would tell some of you in this room, the enemy of your soul might even be okay if you'd get touched in your body as long as you don't get peace in your spirit. And when that happens, you will always lean negative in your conversation. He's done so much for me. I cannot tell him. I cannot tell it all. I cannot tell it all. He's done so much. I can. He. He's taking what? Taking what? What if he doesn't heal your body? Did he save your soul? What if you lose the job? Did he save your soul? Let me ask you a question. If Jesus would not have healed her body, but would have saved her soul, should I still preach the message? What if she didn't get a miraculous healing? What if Jesus would have turned at her and said, you're not going to get healed in your body, but from this day forward. But I'm telling you, He's a miracle worker physically, but he's a deliverer spirit. I want you to stand with me, and I want you to lift your hands. I want us to start cultivating something right now. I want us to start praying. You, you very well might not be the person that needs this, but all over the room, if you're willing, I want you to lift your hands, and I want you to start praying for these things. Let there be healing, and let there be peace. Let there be healing and let there be peace. Come on, I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your voices.